Merry Christmas. The last few weeks, I've been doing a series of sermons called The Promises of Christmas. We began with Advent looking at the first promise, the promise of hope. And we discovered that Jesus came into our world to fulfill that hope, the hope that God promises that comes to us through Jesus. We live in a world without hope, but Christ came to bring us hope through the salvation that we have in him. The second Sunday of Advent, we looked at the promise of peace, and we discovered that Jesus Christ was born the Prince of Peace, and that even though we live in a sin and conflict-ridden world, when we know the peace that Christ came to bring, peace for the world begins with us, and Jesus brings to us a peace which surpasses all understanding, but that peace has to begin with us, and we share that peace with the world. Then last week, with Lessons and Carols, we sang about the joy that Jesus came to fulfill, the promise of joy. We heard the story of Christmas in the carols and in the lessons, and we experienced great joy from that. And when we come to know Jesus, we come to know the joy that he came to bring. And people see that joy in us, and they want it for themselves. Today, though, I want to talk about perhaps the greatest promise of all, the promise of love, because love was born in Bethlehem, and Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of the promise of love, God's love for the whole world, as he promised, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. So let's look at that promise of love today, and see how Jesus came to fulfill that promise of love. And by the way, let me make a commercial announcement. Tomorrow evening at 7, I'm going to be talking about how Jesus is the perfect gift. I know that we've engaged in a lot of gift giving, uh, probably spent a lot of time maybe making gifts or buying gifts, but the most perfect gift of all is the gift of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at how he is the perfect gift. Let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One year, Candy Chan and her husband attended a memorable winter festival program at their son's school. Now, Nicholas Chan was in kindergarten. The children were going to sing the obligatory songs about snow and Santa and candy canes. Nicholas's group began with the song, Christmas Love, Christmas Love. As they sang, each child held up a letter to spell out the title of the song. However, a little girl in the middle of the front row got confused, and she held her letter upside down. She had the letter M for Christmas. Warm sighs and smiles flowed through the audience as they read the children's message. Instead of Christmas love, the upside-down letter M changed the message to Christ was love. Christ was love. That's true, isn't it? And we know that that's the message of Christmas. But you know, we need to state it in the present tense. 
Christ is love. Christ is love. You know, we sing love came down at Christmas, and we know that that's what Christmas is all about. Well, today, I'd like to talk about how the promise of love is fulfilled in the appearance of the babe of Bethlehem. Let me repeat that. This morning, I want to talk about how the promise of love is fulfilled in the appearance of the babe of Bethlehem. As usual, if you'd like to follow along, there's a sermon outline printed in your bulletin for your convenience, or you can follow along with the PowerPoint presentation. Let's begin with the first point. First of all, the promise of love is fulfilled because God has come into our world. The promise of love is fulfilled because God has come into our world. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we read, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, the Greek word that's used there for dwell is the word skenao. Skenao, which literally means to pitch a tent. God pitched his tent among us in Jesus Christ. God moved into our neighborhood. Let me give you an example of that, an illustration. Ron Mel, M-E-H-L. Ron Mel tells a story about a grandfather who was trying to comfort his little grandson, Jeffy. Jeffy has done something wrong. His punishment is a timeout in the playpen. But Jeffy cries out and begs granddad to get him out. Now, grandfather knows that Jeffy's punishment is just. But his love for the boy won't allow him to watch the child suffer. So, in an effort to be both just and loving, grandfather climbs into the playpen with Jeffy. Now, in this way, he shares his grandson's punishment and at the same time offers him comfort. Now, that's what Christmas is all about, love. It's been that way from the very first Christmas. To have the spirit of Christmas is to have the spirit of love. And that brings us to the second point I want to make this morning. Second, the promise of love is fulfilled because people's lives are changed. The promise of love is fulfilled because people's lives are changed. You know, every once in a while, we hear about someone who's been touched by the spirit of Christmas love, and it renews our hope. It renews our hope. Once there was an old man who lived in a small town. Now, he was an ill-tempered recluse who avoided his neighbors at all cost. Most people give up on these folks and leave them to rot in their self-imposed loneliness. But every once in a while, Every once in a while, love steps in and turns the situation upside down. Now, Josh, you might want to hear this. A youth group from a small West Virginia town decided to do a good deed for this grumpy, unthankful old man. Now, the old man had been injured in a farming accident, 
And he was facing a harsh winter with a dwindling supply of firewood. So the youth group decided to cut enough wood to fill up the old man's wood bins for the winter. They gathered in the woods that night, their pickup trucks brimming over with firewood. Now, as the youth were putting the last few logs into the wood bins, the old man suddenly jerked open the front door, his shotgun aimed into the night. Don't shoot us, the youth leader shouted. We just came to help you with your wood. Don't shoot us, he shouted. We just came to help you with your wood. The old man looked at the overflowing wood bins and growled, I don't need any help. Get out of here. I don't need any help. Get out of here. Later, the youth discussed their act of kindness gone wrong with the youth leader. Why would God ask them to do good works for those who don't appreciate it? You ever ask that question? Why would God ask them to do good works for those who don't appreciate it? Well, a few weeks later, at the Christmas Eve service, they got their answer. As the whole congregation noticed when that grumpy old man walked in the front door. Now, during the prayer time, the pastor asked if anyone had a Thanksgiving to share. The old man stood up and began. And this is what he said. A little over a month ago, I ran a group of kids off my property. A little over a month ago, I ran a group of kids off my property. His voice faded as his eyes overflowed with tears. You see, folks, the love of Jesus broke through the old man's defenses. The Christmas promise of love changes people's lives. And that's what Christmas is all about, love. From the heart of the Creator straight into our lives. And it's all wrapped up in a tiny baby surrounded by his mother Mary, his father Joseph, cattle, sheep, and shepherds, and later wise men standing underneath a bright star. Angels sing in the heavens, and for one glorious night, we catch a glimpse of why this world was created. It was created for love. It was created for love. You see, because we couldn't go to God, God came to us. And that's what God's entrance into the world through Jesus was all about. He was born into this world to take our pain upon himself, to share our suffering. And to know him is to know love. That's why he came, to bring us love. And you know, since his coming, because of his coming, everything, everything has changed, including ourselves including ourselves. I want to close with this last illustration. A man once owned a large and expensive clock made in Switzerland. He placed the clock in the front window where it was seen by passers-by 
who set their watches by it. But there was something wrong with the clock. Its hands habitually showed the wrong time. So the owner spent considerable energy every day in putting the clock's hands in the right positions. Now, after doing this for several years, the owner grew very weary. One day, though, someone suggested, instead of wasting your energy and correcting the hands, why don't you fix the clock's inner parts? Instead of wasting your energy and correcting the hands, why don't you fix the clock's inner parts? So what does that have to do with anything? Simply this. God didn't intend to just make a few cosmetic changes in sending Jesus into our world. God intended nothing less than to change the whole dynamic of human character. That's why each Advent, we encounter this strange figure of John the Baptist with his call to repentance. You see, it's to remind us that Christmas isn't simply about candy canes and reindeer and snowflakes and colored lights. No, it's about a righteous God who loves people so much that he sent his son Jesus to redeem us from our sins. That's the heart of the promise of love. It's also the heart of Christmas. Well, in conclusion, the promise of love is fulfilled because God has come into our world and because people's lives are changed by Christ's love. The promise of love is fulfilled because God has come into our world and because people's lives are changed by Christ's love. My question for you is this. Have you been changed by that love? Have you experienced it in your life?